We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. This is episode 146, Doctrine and Covenants 135-136. through 136. He has sailed his mission and his works with his own blood. We're studying it November 22nd through the 28th. For our background today, I wanted to read from the Doctrine and Covenants stories to set the stage for what's happening and to lead into section 135. So this is chapter 56. It says, Most of the people who lived near Nauvoo were not members of the church. Many of them did not like the saints and began to make trouble for them. Some of the people gathered together in mobs. They stole the saints' animals and burned their barns and homes. They tried to get the saints to leave Nauvoo. The police and the soldiers would not stop the mobs. The governor would not help the saints. Joseph Smith had told the saints in Nauvoo that they would have trouble. He knew that someday they would have to leave Nauvoo and go far away to a place where no one would bother them. Joseph Smith had a meeting with the apostles and some other men. He told them to find a place where the saints could live if they had to leave Nauvoo. Joseph looked at maps of the land. The maps showed a place where there were tall mountains and wide valleys. Joseph knew this would be a good place for the saints. Some people in Nauvoo, who had been members of the church, turned against it. They hated Joseph Smith and wanted to kill him. They started a newspaper and wrote bad things about Joseph and the saints. City leaders in Nauvoo were angry about the newspaper because it published lies. These leaders felt they had legal authority to stop it. Some men went to the newspaper building and burned the newspapers and destroyed the printing press. This caused the enemies of the church to be even more angry. Chapter 57 says that enemies of the church blamed Joseph Smith for the problems in Nauvoo, and they wanted him and other leaders to be arrested. But after Joseph was arrested, a judge said he had done nothing wrong and let him go. The mobs were angry that Joseph Smith had been released. They threatened to attack Nauvoo. They even threatened to tar and feather one of the judges. Joseph asked the governor of Illinois to stop the mobs, but the governor believed the mobs' lies and would not help. Joseph Smith knew he might be put in jail again, and he was afraid his brother Hiram would also be put in jail. Joseph told Hiram to take his family and go to another city, but Hiram would not leave his brother. Joseph felt that if he and Hiram left Nauvoo, the mobs would not hurt the saints. They decided to go across the river and hide. Then they would go west to find another place for the church members to live. Some people thought Joseph Smith was running away because he was afraid. Emma Smith, Joseph's wife, sent some friends to find him and ask him to come back. Joseph thought he would be killed if he returned to Nauvoo, but he did what his friends wanted him to do. The day after Joseph and Hiram returned to Nauvoo, they and other city leaders went to Carthage, a town about 20 miles away. In Carthage, they were arrested on false charges, and Joseph, Hiram, and some of their friends were put in jail until a trial could be held. Joseph, Hiram, and their friends were in jail for three days. During this time, mobs threatened them and said bad things about them. While in jail, Joseph and his friends prayed and read the Book of Mormon. John Taylor sang one of Joseph's favorite songs about Jesus, which was a poor wayfaring man of grief. By the afternoon of the 27th of June, 1844, only Joseph, Hiram, John Taylor, and Willard Richards were still in Carthage jail. At about 5 o'clock, a mob of more than 100 men stormed the jail. Some members of the mob shot at the windows, and others ran past the guard and up the stairs to the room where Joseph and his friends were. The brethren tried to keep the door shut, but there were too many people for them to defend themselves. The mob pushed open the door and shot Hiram Smith. When Joseph saw that Hiram was dead, he cried out, Oh, dear brother Hiram. 
The mob also shot John Taylor, who was seriously wounded but not killed. They did not shoot Will at Richards. After Hiram and John Taylor were shot, Joseph Smith ran to the window. He was hit by two bullets fired from the doorway of the room and a third bullet fired from outside the jail. He cried, O Lord my God, and fell out the window. The prophet was dead. He had given his life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The bodies of Joseph and Hiram were taken to Nauvoo, where they were buried. Their families and other members of the church were very sad. The prophet Joseph Smith did much important work. He translated the Book of Mormon. Jesus restored his church through him. Joseph Smith sent missionaries to teach the gospel in other lands. He led the saints in building a beautiful city. God loved Joseph Smith. The saints also loved him. Joseph Smith did more for our eternal salvation than anyone except Jesus Christ. So to start your lesson, you can ask the children to tell you things they remember about um, learning about Joseph Smith and what he did. So you could talk about the first vision and the Book of Mormon and the translation. You could talk about when they started the church and baptism and priesthood and temples. And I mean, the list goes on and on of all the amazing things we've learned this year. You can pull out pictures if that helps bring back memories to the kids. Um, you could even pull out um, if you have copies of some of the old um, activity pages that you guys have worked on through the year. Um, so it will be great to, to kind of refresh the kids' memories and think about that. And then section one says, Joseph Smith and Hiram gave their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So one of the reasons we teach the count of the martyrdom of Joseph and Hiram is to help the kids feel gratitude for the testimonies and the sacrifices, but it can also strengthen their faith and it can strengthen their desire to be true to their own testimonies. So start your lesson by telling the story. Whether it's have one of the kids share what they know. You could share a video. Um, there's um, the end of Joseph Smith the prophet. Um, you could show just like kind of the end of that. Which is beautiful, beautifully done and very dramatic. So the kids will feel the spirit of that. You could also read, just like I did, out of Doctrine and Covenant stories. There's the video version, um, or you can just read the, the picture book to them to tell the story. Or you can also tell it in your own words to help the kids understand what was going on and why Joseph was in jail and why he was hurt and why people wanted to kill him. The real answer is Satan. <laughs> Whenever my kids will say, well, why? Like, we were talking about why Jesus was crucified. Why did people want to kill him? I'm like, well, Satan. <laughs> He's really behind all negative things that happen to good people. So, he's, uh, he makes people hate. So, anyway. Invite the children to imagine that they were living in Nauvoo when the prophet died. Maybe talk to them and ask them to share thoughts of how they would feel when they heard that Joseph had died. Um, or maybe how they'd feel when they, um, when the bodies were brought back. When they brought Joseph and Hiram's bodies back, they rode in a wagon. They covered the bodies. Uh, they, were in a, they were in wooden boxes and they covered them with 
brand, like with leaves to keep the heat off of the bodies so they wouldn't smell. Because it was in June. And they rode um, from Carthage into Nauvoo. And so they were up, they came into Nauvoo up by the temple, which is the top of the hill. And so they, when they kind of reached the top of the hill, as they were coming into Nauvoo, all the, you know, people would come out of their homes and silently watch as the wagon came by. And then they followed the wagon to the mansion house, which is where Joseph was living. They, the people in Nauvoo loved Joseph so much. I know for me, when I hear about the death of a prophet, my heart is broken because I feel so close. I know this has happened several times in my lifetime. The most recent being President Monson. But I remember very clearly when President Hinckley died. Just kind of feeling so sad. Because he was my prophet for a long time in my life. Through most of my youth. And it just... It hurt to lose someone that I cared about so much, even though I had never met him. I can't even imagine losing a prophet that I personally knew. Someone who sacrificed so much of his life and saw so much pain and suffering in his life. But you knew he loved God. So if I was in Nauvoo... And knew about Joseph dying, I'd be pretty heartbroken. I think I'd also be scared because the saints were facing a lot of persecution. And it seems so often that the Lord protected them over and over and over again. The Lord was always watching out for Joseph. And for this to happen, I'm sure some of them felt forgotten and a little lost and confused because it felt like the Lord had kind of abandoned them for a moment. But we'll get into the blessings that are going to come to the saints after, despite a lot of trials. All right. So when they were in Carthage jail, Hiram Smith read from the Book of Mormon. And we know some of these things because... Um, Willard Richards and John Taylor were there, so they wrote about it afterwards. And, uh, so Hiram Smith read Ether 12. Um, so they recorded this in Doctrine and Covenants 135, verse 5, which, um, is from Ether 12. It says, And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord that he would give unto the Gentiles grace, that they might have charity. And it came to pass that the Lord said unto me, if they have not charity, it mattereth not unto thee. Thou hast been faithful, wherefore thy garment shall be made clean. And because thou hast seen thy weakness, thou shalt be made strong, even unto the sitting down in the place which I have prepared in the mansions of my father. And now I bid farewell unto the Gentiles, say, and also unto my brethren whom I love, until we shall meet before the judgment seat of Christ, where all men shall know that my garments are not spotted with your blood. The testators are now dead, and their testament is in force. So how would those verses have comforted Hiram during this time? Well, I know 
when I read about forgiveness and hope and and promises for me personally. I know it brings me comfort. And knowing that the Lord has a plan and that he has things worked out for me to return to him and um, just being aware of the plan of salvation and the eternal order of things helps bring me peace. So it asks to share or ask the children to share scriptures that have brought them comfort when they've been worried or sad or confused or (laughs) scared. And um, so I started thinking about some of my um, scriptures that bring me comfort. I was struggling with some, some things Um, When I was in college, just, (laughs) I was praying about what major I should pick. And I really, really, really did not want to be a teacher. (laughs) But I kept feeling like that's what I was supposed to do. And it kind of worried me. Because I didn't feel like I was good at teaching. (laughs) But one day I was reading my scriptures and trying to get an answer to my prayers. And it said, and I read Joshua 1, verses 5 through 7. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance of the, the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayst observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. I know it may not seem like it to you, but as I read this, I knew the Lord had given me a commandment and that he was with me. And he says, be strong and of a good courage. And he promised me that he would be with me through something that seems so hard to me. And looking back now, and I know that teaching was my calling, um, and I don't want to brag, but, like, I'm a good teacher. Like, I I did very well teaching, and I, I am amazed that the Lord has blessed me with such a valuable talent. And I want to use it to bless Him and His work. And he promised me that he would be with me through that. And I trusted him. And because of that, I had such a huge blessing of being able to teach. And of learning the skills of teaching and loving children and understanding how their brains work. (laughs) So that I can teach my own children now. And I think it's helped me, not just in homeschooling my kids, but understanding them and teaching them the gospel and trying to help them learn and grow and be amazing people. Um, another verse that has brought me a lot of comfort over the years is First Nephi 3, 7. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto my father, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. For I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the thing which he commanded them. The thing that comforts me is knowing that the Lord will prepare a way for me if he commands it. If there's a commandment, an expectation from the Lord, 
He will make it possible for me to accomplish that. There's been times that I've received a calling or even just... (laughs) It's kind of sad to say, but like, I... As my calling as a mother sometimes seems impossible. Like, how am I going to raise these children and teach them anything? Because they are hard and they are strong-willed and they're, it's just parenting is hard. Um, But I look at things like that. I look at this scripture and it brings me comfort. The Lord has prepared a way. The Lord will be with me and he will help me through this thing that he's commanded me to do, to be a mother and to raise these children and to teach them the gospel. And I know that it's possible because of him. And I, um, the last scripture I wanted to share is Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And the reason why this scripture stood out to me is because it's always in my mind whenever I face something that's hard. I always know that the things that are happening in my life, because I love God and I try to live my best, these things will work together for my good. It will make me better. It will improve me. It will help me. And I know that if I put myself in the Lord's hands, the trials... And the experiences I face that are hard will refine me and sanctify me. And I'm grateful for that knowledge. So something else you can do for teaching this part of the lesson is to show pictures of some different prophets. So um, there's a bunch in the the gospel art book that you could show. So it says, what are some things that God has asked prophets to do? Well, I was thinking about the commandments um, that the Lord gave Moses. He asked a lot of Moses. um, And Moses lived up to it. Um, He asked, he he expects the prophets to live worthily so they can receive revelation. I think about that all the time with President Nelson, how he lives his life so purposefully so that he is always in tune and always able to receive revelation. Um, I know that a lot of times prophets have to endure mockery. They have to endure accusations and um, people ridiculing them. Um, I thought of Noah and I thought of Lehi, Samuel the Lamanite, Mormon and Moroni. I also thought about prophets having to stand stand for the truth and stand for the right, like Moroni at the end and Abinadi. I also thought about how they had to die for the truth. Abinadi is one of those, but the first one that came to my mind was Joseph Smith. Probably because that's what we're talking about. Explain that the Lord promises to bless his prophets for the sacrifices they make in his service. Um, and the the scripture that talks about that is Matthew ten thirty nine. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his, his life for my sake shall find it. I promise that as Joseph sacrificed everything, he is so blessed by the Lord. He has the strongest testimony of anyone I've ever learned about. I'm so impressed with his commitment to the Lord, despite the trials that he endured. Um... 
So in the Individuals and Families Manual, it suggests that you watch Testimony of the Book of Mormon, or you could also read about um, Jeffrey R. Holland's talk called Safety for the Soul. In the Individuals and Families Manual, it also suggests reading verse 3 from section 135 which is, Joseph Smith, the prophet and seer of the Lord, has done more, save Jesus only, for the salvation of men in this world than any other man that ever lived in it. In the short space of twenty years, he has brought forth the Book of Mormon, which he translated by the gift and power of God, and has been the means of publishing it on two continents. He has sent the fullness of the everlasting gospel, which it contained to the four quarters of the earth, has brought forth revelations and commandments which compose this book of doctrine and covenants, and many other wise documents and instructions for the benefit of the children of men gathered many thousands of the latter-day saints founded a great city and left a fame and name that cannot be slain he lived great and he died great in the eyes of god and his people and like most of the lord's anointed in ancient times has sealed his mission and his works with his own blood and so has his brother hiram in life they were not divided and in death they were not separated so question to ask your family or primary class or whoever you're teaching what impresses us about these verses? What do we get from this? And how can we be more faithful to our testimonies, even if we aren't asked to give our lives for our testimony? I was thinking about this because so often, you know, you think of, would I be willing to die for this? But willing to die for it, it seems scary and overwhelming. But I think more importantly... Are you willing to stand up for it and live your life in such a way that people know your testimony and they see your testimony, even if you are mocked and ridiculed and made, like life can be really hard when you're standing for what you believe in, but are you willing to do that? And I think Joseph Smith did through his entire life. We have his example of constant mockery ever since he got his first vision and was telling everyone about just Jesus Christ and heavenly father. And day one, the very first time he told anyone, like, I mean, besides his family, he was ridiculed. He was mocked. He was made fun of for his entire life. And he took that with him forever. And he even died knowing that he was standing for the right and doing what he was knew to be true. The next section is called Joseph Smith is a Prophet of God. So start by displaying objects that represent stuff that Joseph Smith did. Like having a Book of Mormon, you could have the Doctrine and Covenants, you could have pictures of missionaries or a temple, um, something that represents the priesthood. Um, and then use phrases from Doctrine and Covenants 135.3, which is what I just read. Share with the children some of the things the Lord did through Joseph Smith for our salvation. So... Some of the things that that verse lists is that he brought forth the Book of Mormon. He translated it by the gift and power of God. He published it on two continents. He sent the fullness of the everlasting gospel to the four quarters of the earth. He brought forth the revelations and commandments and composed the Doctrine and Covenants. He um, put together other documents and instructions for the benefit of the children of men. He gathered many thousands of Latter-day Saints and founded a great city, and left a fame and name that cannot be slain. And he lived a great 
example. So, um, in Individuals and Families Manual, it says to talk about what it means by the phrase that Joseph Smith did more, save Jesus only for the salvation of men in this world, than any other man. So talk to your family about what you've learned about Joseph Smith and what that means to you to have um, that Joseph Smith did more than any everyone except Jesus for our salvation. So why are we grateful for Joseph Smith? And talk about that and, and hopefully bear your testimony to your family about Joseph Smith and, and that you know him to be a prophet of God. Um, it also suggests watching Joseph Smith, Prophet of the Restoration. I suggested earlier they could just show the end, which is the martyrdom, but we're celebrating Joseph's life. We're celebrating his whole life and all the things he did. So watching the video from beginning to end is powerful because just watching someone die and not knowing any of the other things that he did is like, what's the big deal? Yeah, it was sad that he died, but why do we care so much? It's because of the rest of it, the rest of his story and all the things that he did for us and, and brought forth through um, Revelation. And I'm grateful for him and the devotion that he had to fulfilling his calling. So I interviewed one of my kids because the manual suggests asking the kids to choose something from that list that we talked about of things that Joseph did and to ask them why they are grateful for it. So I interviewed I interviewed my two boys, so here they are. Well, is it a go? It's going. Okay, Weston, okay. the question I want to ask you. What are some things that Joseph Smith did to bless our lives? He translated the plates. Yeah, so what are the plates now? The Book of Mormon. Yeah, so we have the Book of Mormon. William, can you tell me something that Joseph Smith did? Um, I don't know. Okay. Weston, why are you grateful for the Book of Mormon? Because it, it tells us about all the things people did to help us. And it tells us what we can do to help others. Yeah, and return to Jesus and Holy Father, huh? Okay, William, can you, did you think of something that Joseph Smith did? Oh, why are you grateful for the Book of Mormon? Because it talks about Heavenly Father and Jesus. Does it make you feel good when you read the book, the scriptures? Yes. Joseph Smith, the prophet and seer of the Lord, has done more, save Jesus only, for the salvation of men in this world than any other man that ever lived in it. In the short space of 20 years, he has brought forth the Book of Mormon, which he translated by the gift and power of God, and has been the means of publishing it on two continents, has sent the fullness of the everlasting gospel, which it contained to the four quarters of the earth, has brought forth the revelations and commandments which compose this book of doctrine and covenants, and many other wise documents and instructions for the benefit of the children of men. Gathered many thousands of the Latter-day Saints, founded a great city, and left a fame and name that cannot be slain. He lived great, and he died great in the eyes of God, 
and his people, and like most of the Lord's anointed in ancient times, has sealed his mission and his works with his own blood, and so has his brother Hiram. In life they were not divided, and in death they were not separated. So, how did Jesus do more, do do the most, except for Jesus? What? How did Joseph Smith do more to help us return to Heavenly Father, except for Jesus? Sorry, I'll rephrase that. He translated the plates. Okay. What and, else? <coughs> he brought back the true church. Yeah. And and he got baptized and showed an example to everyone, and then they got baptized. Yeah, and he also got the priesthood keys yeah. so that we could get baptized with authority. Huh. Yes. Why is... <coughs> Having the true church. <coughs> Why is having the true church on the earth so important, Weston? So, so we can't live with him again. How do we? And, and learn. Learn about him, huh? Do you think Joseph Smith is an amazing person? Yeah. Can you bear your testimony to me about Joseph Smith? Yeah. I like to bear my testimony. I know the church is true. I know Holy Father loves me, and I love him too. I know Joseph Smith was a good man, and I love the way that he cared for us. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Weston. You're welcome. All right. All right. So also you can encourage the children to think of a friend or a loved one who doesn't know very much about Joseph Smith and ask them what they would say if that person asked why Joseph Smith is so important to you. Invite the kids to practice what they would say to that person. Also in the Individuals and Families Manual, it encourages you to record your testimony of Joseph Smith. Either write it down or record it. A video, like however you want to share that, and think about ways to share that and who you can share that with. Whether it's writing it in the Book of Mormon and giving it to someone, or putting it in a letter and sending it. Maybe you want to put it in like going live on Facebook and bear your testimony on there, or share a story on Instagram. However you feel is the best way for you to share your testimony of the Prophet Joseph Smith would be great, and encourage the children to do the same. Include their testimonies. The activity page from this week is showing different things that we have because of Joseph Smith. So, you know, it has the temple and it has the first vision and so on and so forth. So you could have the kids color that page. And it suggests that while they're coloring it, you could play the song Praise to the Man. Because it is a testimony about our prophet and how much we love him. I encourage you to bear your testimony so often that you know that Joseph Smith is a prophet. And I want you to know that about me. I know that Joseph was a prophet. I know that he saw our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And I know that he restored the true gospel on the earth. I saw so someone post something on Facebook 
who is not a member of our faith. And she was sharing something that someone else had posted, you know, she was passing it on about Joseph Smith being basically a con artist. And, you know, her comments was, we need to ridicule this man because he has pulled away so many people and, and ruined their chances at salvation. And I wanted to, like, scream at her, which it was not the right platform, but I wanted to just shake her and be like, you have no idea. He hasn't ruined our salvation. He's ensured it. And not just ours, not just members of the church, but the entire world. Because we have temples, we're able to be sealed together as families. And we can do the work for those who've gone before us. And there's blessings in that and so many opportunities. And it just makes me so sad that the world does not see that. And they think to ridicule him. I hope you spend some time reading the saints and getting a feel for Joseph and who he was and the story behind all of this. It's so powerful. And I hope you sp spend some time in prayer so that as you share your testimony with your family, they will feel the truth of your words because you know them. Okay, we should probably go on. <laughs> the next section is called, The Lord Can Bless Me When I Am Struggling, or God Gives Us Commandments to Help Us. So, um, those are the titles from the younger and the older, but it's the same content that we're going to be talking about. So, I wanted to kind of talk about, so the older kids section, it says, The Lord Can Bless Me When I'm Struggling. And for the younger kids, God Gives Us Commandments to Help Us. That is part of why, how God blesses us when we're struggling. When we have commandments to hold on to and to anchor us and to give us purity, that's how the Lord can enter our lives and he can bless us when we're struggling. In the Individuals and Families Manual, it says, after being driven from Nauvoo, the saints faced a long journey to the Salt Lake Valley and the first few hundred miles were slow and miserable. Brigham Young, who now led the church as president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, worried about how the saints would survive the rest of the trek. He set up a temporary settlement called Winter Quarters and pled for guidance. In response, the Lord gave him a revelation. Now it's section 136. Among the saints, oh sorry, among other things, the revelation reminded the saints that their conduct on the journey was as important as their destination and helped transform the westward, westward migration from an unfortunate necessity into an important shared spiritual experience. So what counsel do you find that could help turn a difficult trial in your life into an important spiritual experience? And think about how you can think about the counsel that is given in section 136 and how it can be applied in your own life. Just like it helped the saints make the difficult trek west. So talk to the kids about what's going on, right? Explain to them, the pioneers, why this is hard. Let's talk about the trials that they were facing. First of all, the prophet that they loved was killed. They had to have a new prophet, which was really hard. Um, if you're reading the saints, some of the experiences of uh, transferring <laughs> who was the prophet was a little tricky and hard. Um, 
a lot of saints did not follow Brigham Young. They did not want, they did not think he should be the next prophet. Um, so that was a trial that they were enduring. They also were forced to leave again. They had to leave their beautiful city and their beautiful temple behind. Um, they, if you've watched Legacy, that's another movie that would be great to show and talk about, but it was really hard because you see these struggles and trials, like they were sick so often and they were limited on the things they could take and their family members were growing old and had struggles and some people had babies and there's just the trials that the pioneers faced were just innumerable. If you want to read, you can read chapters 60 and 62 in the Doctrine and Covenant stories to give a little bit more background about what was going on and some of the hard things the saints were facing. I really like using the Doctrine and Covenant stories because it tells the story in a way that the kids will understand. I feel like I know the story and it's really hard for me to explain it to like young kids, but I like using Doctrine and Covenant stories because it's very well written for a young audience. Um, so one thing you could do is place a picture of the Nauvoo temple on one side of the room and create a, sim a simple shelter on the other side, like with a blanket or chairs or a table and have the children gather near the picture and then tell them that a year and a half after Joseph died, the saints were forced to leave Nauvoo. Tell the children to walk away from the temple and then gather in the shelter and to show that they went to winter quarters and that's where they stayed for a winter and then they moved forward and and started going west. Explain that the children gave, sorry, explain that the Lord gave a revelation to Brigham Young, which is Doctrine and Covenants 136. It helped the saints as they journeyed to Salt Lake. Read a few fit phrases from section 136 that contain counsel that young children can understand. So verse two, this is, it's a really long section. I'm going to try to pull a few things that I think would be good. Um, section two says, with a covenant and promise to keep commandments and statutes of the Lord our God. So we're promising to keep the commandments and that will bless us. Um, no, verse 4 says, walk in the ordinances of the Lord. Verse 6, let them go with their might to prepare for those who are to tarry, which is to take care of the people that got left behind, that come later. Um, the people who went to winter quarters um, after their first winter, they planted crops so that the people that came next would have food when they got there. Um, so they're trying to take care of each other as they go. Um, and that's verse 8, taking the poor, the widows, the fatherless, and the families of those who have gone into the army. And verse 11, do it with a pure heart in faithfulness. And verse 17, um, go and do as the Lord, as I have told you, and fear not thine enemies. Verse 18, Zion shall be redeemed in mine own due time. 19, if any man shall seek to build up himself and seeketh not my counsel, he shall have no power. Uh, verse 23, cease to contend with one another. Cease to speak evil one of another. 24, let your words tend to edify one another. 25, if thou borrowest of thy neighbor, thou shalt restore that which thou hast borrowed. And if thou canst not repay, then go straight away and tell thy neighbor, lest he condemn thee. Verse 26, if thou shalt find that which thy neighbor has lost, thou shalt make diligent search till thou shalt deliver it to him again. 27. Thou shalt be diligent in preserving what thou hast, that thou mayst be a wise steward, for it is the free gift of the Lord thy God, 
and thou art his steward. Verse 28, If thou art merry, praise the Lord with singing and music and dancing, and with a prayer of praise and thanksgiving. If thou art sorrowful, call on the Lord thy God with supplication, that your souls may be joyful. Fear not thine enemies, for they will they are in mine hands, and I will do my pleasure with them. And verse 20, 42, Be diligent in keeping all my commandments. So have the kids act out or draw some of the things that the saints were told to do. So they could like draw themselves giving something back to someone that they've borrowed. Um, you could have them sing a primary song and dance around a pretend campfire to um, show things that the saints did to help them. How was helping, how would it help them to give things back to their neighbor? I think it maybe helped them get along with each other <laughs> and say kind words. Um, singing and dancing, I think being grateful and being happy, finding ways to be happy is so, so important when we're faced with trials. Um, and then have the kids think of trials people face today and have them find something in 136 that can maybe encourage someone that is going through that kind of a trial. Some of the trials that, you know, come to mind often are divorce or death of a loved one or sickness or illness. Um, and I think about some of these things. If you're facing these things, be merry. Praise the Lord with singing. If your family seems to be falling apart, it probably would be a blessing to speak with each other that are, words that are edifying and loving words towards each other. And the Individuals and Families Manual says, What does it mean to walk in all the ordinances of the Lord? And how do the ordinances we have received affect our daily lives? I think it's so important that we keep the covenants that we've made. The ordinances that are in the temple and in church, we partake of the sacrament, which is an ordinance. Those things keep us on the straight and narrow path, and they will help us return to our Heavenly Father. And we have that the strength and the power from those ordinances and those covenants with us as we keep them. And the Lord will bless us and help us. Children could also look for positive messages and come, come ye saints that might help them. And I just wanted to end with one phrase from that song. It says, our God will never us forsake. And I want to bear my testimony that though life seems really hard and sad, and I'm sure many of the saints felt abandoned and alone during some of these things that they went through and they endured. But God has never forgotten us and he's with us. And like I read before, all these things will work together for our good. If we love him. I hope you have a beautiful Thanksgiving week. And as you, as you give thanks for your blessings, give thanks to our Heavenly Father for the gift of Joseph Smith and for a current living prophet on the earth. Give thanks for your ancestors who sacrificed so much. Whether it be pioneer ancestors who crossed the plains or pioneer ancestors who joined the church despite trials or maybe even in your own life. If you, the things that you've gone through to fight for your family and help your family, 
fill the spirit, the things that you do to sacrifice to make sure that your home is a place where your children can feel the spirit of God. I hope you guys also enjoy this week. I'm coming out with my first um, podcast for kids. Um, it's about gratitude this week. And then the end of the week, we're going to start releasing the Christmas ones. So watch for those coming out. They're going to be so fun. I'm like so excited. They're only like five minutes long. They're super short and super fun. And I hope you get into listening to those with your kids through the Christmas season. So I love you guys. I'm really grateful for you. And I'm grateful that I have an excuse to study and to get into the scripture so much. It's such a big motivation for me. And I'm grateful that it is bless my testimony so much. I was just telling someone the other day the reasons why I started my podcast and I said, and yet the person that I've helped the most is myself, which I knew it would. But thank you for continuing to listen. Because if I didn't have anybody listening, I probably wouldn't keep doing it and I wouldn't be continuing to improve my testimony and my relationship with my Heavenly Father. So thank you. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving.